Welcome to the third season of the Give, Receive, Improve podcast. In this third season, we will be focusing on the topic around the first 90 days of becoming a new manager. In this episode, we will talk about managing your superiors or your manager and stakeholders. We will answer two key questions and they are, one, how can you be an effective builder and the go-to person between your direct manager and your subordinates? Number two, how will you win support from other stakeholders that matter? Welcome to the Give, Receive, Improve podcast with Lisa Lam and Sawana Ali. This podcast was inspired to help new managers overcome the challenges of managing and leading people. We have a combined experience of over 50 years in leadership and management roles. We know, and I mean we know, the struggles and rewards of leading individuals and teams. We believe that you should not be facing your challenges alone. So let's start this journey together. To find out more, check out our respective sites at lisalumcoach.com and sawanaali.com. Let's get going. Hi, Lisa. I must say one of the key challenges of being a manager is balancing the needs of your superior and the needs of your direct reports or team members. Oftentimes, their needs contradict each other. What makes your direct manager happy is obviously results, be it quantitative or qualitative. And results within a certain time boundary, which may not really go very well with your subordinates battling the daily struggles to secure results, that can be very challenging for them. And things can get worse during bad economic times or during major crises. Monetary results is one thing. Other aspects that matter, of course, the well-being of your team members. As a manager, it is your responsibility to get the most optimum formula for your team members to have tip-top conditioning, mental and financial well-being for them to perform their best. Visualize yourself as a builder, building the conducive environment for the team to function. Position yourself as the go-to person, someone that your team members will go to first should they have any concerns regarding their well-being at work. I remember when I was in this position many, many years ago, I observed that my team members started to slack, demonstrated by their body language, of course, when certain situations happened. I will just highlight two common scenarios for the benefit of our discussion today. For instance, scenario number one. They hear concerning news or rumors in the grapevine. For instance, there will be a review of compensation plan because the organization will go through another round of transformation. And scenario number two, when my direct manager pressed me on a certain result that may be incredibly difficult to achieve, yet I had to do it anyway. Hence, I ended up pushing my team members a lot harder than usual. The two scenarios that I mentioned, if not handled properly, will definitely have serious repercussions. And I had to deal with those from the perspective of damage control rather than preventive measures. So what kind of damage control can you do in such situations? For the first scenario, one potential approach is that you need to get all team members in the room together. Communicate that you are aware there is some rumors going around, 
which has impacted the team morale, and you would like to address their concerns directly. Explain the position and direction of the company, and if ever there is any change, what the benefits are, and how the company will look after all the employees. Stay honest and transparent during this process. For the second scenario, you need to be able to manage your direct manager better. You understand fully the situational challenges that your team are facing and the kind of performance that they can bring to the table within those constraints and challenges. Hence, you need to put all those into context and negotiate with your direct manager on doing what your team can achieve rather than just pushing what your direct manager asks you to do. Your role is a problem solver. So, you need to have the courage to defend your team in a very constructive manner. In addition, you can be proactive in suggesting a solution to your direct manager, knowing exactly that your team will not be able to fulfill it fully. What do you think, Lisa? How have you handled such situation before? That's a great question, Sel. I think as a new manager, this is probably one of the hardest and biggest challenge you'll ever face. Unfortunately, I think that you will have to learn the hard way in most cases. Not because there is no good advice for you to follow, but because how you manage it will be very dependent on your manager, which is essentially around his or her work style and personality. And of course, we cannot discount your personality and your work style. One of the challenges, especially as a middle manager, is that you're kind of like a sandwich. You're trapped in the middle. I mean, it is never a good position to be in because no matter what you do or do not do, either party will have a different perspective of it. Over the years, I have realized and learned a few things that I've managed to put into practice, and they are 1. Communication is key. You will need to have regular and good communication lines with both your manager and your direct reports. And that is assuming that you've had the opportunity and time to establish those lines of communication. Number two, be transparent and yet maintain confidentiality. One of the key elements of any good communication is to have a transparent flow of information, but also maintaining confidentiality. Transparent communication does not mean that you divulge confidential information. It simply means that you are honest and authentic in your communication and setting clear boundaries, especially when it comes to what is confidential. Number three, aim for win-win scenarios as much as possible. Like what you have mentioned, Sel, negotiating with your manager on goals or targets and expectations are important. But we also need to know that sometimes, we just have no choice but to go with the decisions that have been made, especially those decisions that have been made top-down. I believe that even if you do not get what you want, making your stand known is just as important in those scenarios. After all, you can't win every argument. Number four, bring your team into the discussion as soon as as much as possible. Ensuring that your team understands and have the opportunity to participate in the discussion, especially when it relates to their goals, targets, outcomes, and expectations, are critical in ensuring that these expectations are managed over time. 
even though the outcome may not be to their satisfaction, or even one where there is 100% agreement, just hearing them out and for them to have an opportunity to express their opinion is important. Once again, just like you had to take on the no-choice situation, they would ultimately have to do the same, just because that's what the organization is going for. The other aspect is understanding the style of your manager and the type of communication and engagement that is preferred. You will need to adjust your style and approach depending on the personality of your manager. Now, this can be very tricky, especially if you're a first-time or a new manager. In this situation, I would suggest that you get as much help as possible from your peers to find out how they manage that manager, who is also your manager. Learn from them and don't be afraid to make mistakes as this is how we all learn. That was very interesting, Lisa. I believe every manager needs to have good intentional communication skill. In addition to many other skills that a manager must have, we can have some dialogues on intentional communication in the future. Another important constituent that matters to a manager is the stakeholders. Within the company, this will include other head of departments, especially those departments that need to be working closely with your group. Their support is critical to your success as you would need their agreement to deploy required resources, for instance, in some of the initiatives that you will be executing. So how best can you get other stakeholders to be in sync with you? One proven approach is to agree on how to work together for a common purpose, on how to win together. The partnership is based on win-win principles. In making that a reality, several rules of engagement will apply. For instance, rule number one, agree on shared common goals for the year. Rule number two, agree on the big bad initiatives of focus. Rule number three, agree on the method to monitor success. Rule number four, commit to the required resources. Rule number five, be proactive in the monitoring processes. And rule number six, apply intervention when relevant. If you are putting an ERP solution to a customer, for instance, one of the key stakeholders is the ERP implementation team, which typically sit in the consulting group. You will need to put these rules of engagement into good practice with the head of the consulting group, discussing on the shared common goals, such as with the implementation of the ERP, you help him to bring half a million consulting revenue. With that, he commits his top-notch implementers. Both of you shared a common KPIs or key performance indicators on project progress and monitor it continually, assessing each milestone as planned. Should there be any red flags, both of you are on the ball and will be ready to proactively plan and apply the right intervention as relevant. That's one example of how this works. How about you, Lisa? How have you influenced your stakeholders to be in sync with your purpose? Yes, El. Stakeholders are crucial in ensuring that collaboration between teams and departments produces the best outcome and results. This is another challenging engagement or relationship to cultivate and nurture as the primary premise of any stakeholder to work with, or for you to work well, especially when you need to build trust. 
Trust is the key factor that will determine agreed goals are achieved, resources are allocated, execution commitments are actually executed, and more importantly, when the going gets tough, and it will, the commitment and determination to see it through as a team is there. Working with other teams is challenging because goals and approaches are going to be different. For example, a salesperson mindset is very different from a technical person, and that is very different from a finance person. That is to be expected because the roles that they play are going to be different based on their respective skills. The challenge of getting each of these different stakeholders on the same page requires for you to not just acknowledge the fundamental difference in mindset and approaches, but also the very nature of their goals, their compensation plans, which essentially drives their behaviours and actions. In order to set the stage, I agree with your approach of setting common goals, KPIs, allocation of appropriate resources, and a regular and consistent monitoring process, both in terms of communication and reporting cycles. Keeping each other accountable is the key, but that is harder than said. I think that it would be too simple or even naive to think that just because we have established common goals, shared commitments, and KPIs along the way with agreed upon execution plans, that everything will go on as planned, and that the stakeholders will always be on the same page. The key here is for constant communication and, in fact, authentic discussions to take place, especially when things are working well. The trust environment would enable an honest discussion, especially when accountabilities needs to be addressed and enforced. Often as a new manager, you will have the benefit of the newbie effect, which essentially means that for the initial period, the stakeholders, whether they're your peers or your team members, will give you the benefit of doubt or the benefit of grace, since you're new to the role. And depending on your performance, that will either increase or erode over time, whether you're able to live up to the expectations and commitments. Therefore, I would advise you to take advantage of that period to quickly build quick wins that will help you gain credibility and trust. Building relationships and trust is crucial for how you influence stakeholders. Once again, the key is communication and establishing quick wins. Thanks for sharing, Lisa. Those are really great pointers. Another important point that I want to highlight is really about face-to-face communication. No doubt with the advance of technology, nowadays we can basically perform what we have discussed today virtually. And now the pandemic being around with us, virtual communication, will definitely are here to stay for a very long time. That's it. I believe the value of face-to-face communication is still very relevant and impactful, especially when communicating crisis. As such, I would encourage you to still make an effort for a face-to-face communication, either in person or virtually, especially for those items that in your heart and mind you know that they are better off to be communicated face-to-face. What's your take on this, Lisa? Yeah, as humans, communication, especially face-to-face, is crucial to establishing and nurturing relationships. As you know, communication consists of three parts. The words that we speak, the visual cues or body language, and the tone of our voice. We all need all these three elements for effective communications. 
And that's one of the many reasons why email communication falls short when it comes to being an effective communication medium. With the current situation, it is hard and for some of us, almost impossible to have face-to-face communication. So the next possible solution is a virtual face-to-face. Of course, we can Skype or Zoom, but it is still less than ideal. I guess we all have to be flexible and adapt accordingly. I think that if you know your team well and have established relationships with your peers and stakeholders, and the team then has to go through this temporary situation of having to work from home and do more Skypes and Zoom calls, they would still be effective as relationships have been established. However, if you're new to a team and have not had the opportunity to establish much of these relationships, then just be aware of the possible challenges. Make the most of virtual calls, but know that it is still not effective or not as effective as seeing someone face-to-face. But unfortunately, during this time, is probably the most effective form of communication. As we come out of the pandemic, then certainly make every opportunity to have regular communication. We have covered quite a range of information, so let me summarize the key areas. 1. How can you be an effective builder and the go-to person between your direct manager and your subordinates? The key here is communication. Both regular and consistent ones that is able to establish and nurture a culture of trust. Address any challenges or issues up front with transparency as much as possible while maintaining confidentiality. And this works for both your direct reports as well as for your manager. Then try and achieve a win-win situation and know that there are times that won't be the case. It is crucial to ensure that people feel they are heard and included in any discussion that has an impact on them. For most people, it is important they are part of the discussion and have the opportunity to voice their concerns or support and are therefore able to agree even if it means to agree to disagree. Number two, how do you win support from other stakeholders? It is critical to establish and nurture relationships with these stakeholders through understanding the different mindsets of various roles of departments and individuals, having a consistent and regular communication cycle, creating common goals and KPIs, and holding one another accountable. They are all keys to not just winning support, but also continued support. Remember, you will not be working with your stakeholders just once. Therefore, do not make short-term trade-offs, which might end up impacting long-term outcomes. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast. Please subscribe to the podcast and let us know what you would like to learn next. And give us your feedback as we aim to continuously improve on what we're doing. Check out our respective websites at lisalumcoach.com and sawanaali.com. Take care and remember, you're not alone in your struggles as a manager.